Welcome back to Premier Sports Academy guest speaker series brought to you by Sportscraft Source for Sports. Perfect. And we are live. So guys, back again, episode number 11 of our guest speaker series. And today we have a really special guest with us coming all the way from Peoria, Arizona, uh, Austin Byler of Major League University. So Austin, I'm not even going to get into the details here. I'm just going to let you kind of talk to our viewers and uh, kick it off with your background in baseball, and then uh, we'll transition into MLU. Awesome, guys. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on. This is cool, and I'm learning something new. Newfoundland, Newfoundland, Newfoundland. I'm trying to get the, the terminology correct, but I finally looked it up on the map, and now I have an idea of where you guys are, which is awesome. So thanks for having me on, guys. This is cool. Um, I think just for my background, I grew up in Peoria, Arizona, so out here on the West Coast. Played high school baseball, obviously, for the four years. Uh, it was a four-year varsity letter, which was really cool. My first year, uh, freshman year, I got called up about halfway through, so got some opportunities. Didn't play much, but got opportunities to play on a good team. And from there, my, after my senior year, signed at the University of Nevada, Reno. So for anybody who doesn't know that, it's pretty unknown in the northern, northern Nevada area, right next to California. Beautiful campus, very cold, but awesome place to play. Um, awesome place to go. And then played there for four years. After my third year, uh, my junior season, I was drafted by the Nationals in the ninth round. Ended up going back to school for my senior year, drafted in the 11th round that following season in 2015 by the Diamondbacks. And then from there went on and played about three and a half years of pro ball. Uh, most of that with the Diamondbacks, had a, about a month of independent baseball and after that, hung it up, man, and now on to Major League University and, and trying to impact the next generation. Awesome. And I guess for our listeners, uh, we'll, we'll dive into it a, a little bit, but um, just kind of give us an overview of what Major League University is and then why you why you started it. Yeah, man. Great question. Our whole goal is to impact, empower, uh, and encourage athletes to the mental side of the game. So for me, we kind of we hit this, this stronghold back in – about 2018, right before we started this, and I knew I wanted to impact athletes in some way. I didn't know how. And I knew that there was more than just the baseball, playing baseball to do that, make that impact in life. And we started to recognize, okay, a lot of the guys playing with are depressed or have anxiety or they don't know how to handle their emotions or they're just lost and swimming in their dome away from home, et cetera. And a lot of kids in high school are like that. A lot of kids in college are like that. And they don't have a firm foundation and an identity for their life. So I realized, okay, there's a big need for this. And I was going through that for a while, for about four or five years through the end of high school or sorry, end of college and then professional baseball, just lost my identity, man, lost who I was and just couldn't handle the emotions and the stress and pressures. So after the going through those experiences, having that life experience and going through anxiety, depression, and then seeing my teammates experiencing the same exact thing in different degrees, I realized, OK, there's a really big opportunity to impact athletes through this mental side of the game, not just for the sport, but for life. And that's kind of how it was started and founded. And now we're just kind of getting into it, man, and trying to go work with teams, individuals, organizations, some group stuff, et cetera, and, and making an impact in the game. Awesome. Yeah, it definitely goes to show. I mean, it, it's such a, it's something we don't think about. Um, again, here in Newfoundland and Labrador, we don't have a lot of guys who've actually played the game at a higher level, whether it's collegially or professionally. And, I, I know I went through it at some point uh, when I left college and stopped playing the game. It was kind of like, OK, it's been my identity that I'm a collegiate baseball player and this is all I know. And it's sort of like you kind of you fall into funk without even realizing it. So, again, speaking on your experience, like 
Uh, you talked about collegiately and into the pro game. That's where it kind of affected you the most. But what what was that based on? So where did that like when did you realize it? Like when did it really kick in that this was something that was really affecting you? Yeah, I'd say it was probably about my after my first year of professional baseball. So I, I went through the first year of pro ball in 2015, had an incredible season. I mean, all-star, we won the championship, uh, led the league in homers, extra base hits, all these cool categories right on the outside. It looks great. Everybody's like, dude, you're, you're on the fast track to the big leagues. Let's go. Like you're going to make it. Oh my gosh. Like Paul Goldschmidt, move out the way, dude. BZB bothers coming through. Like, come on. <laughs> and uh, then that fall I went to instructs, which is basically like, for those of you who don't know, you get 25, 30 of the, the better players in the organization invited back to go play about three or four weeks of ball. And now they do it in January, but before they did it in October. And about halfway through October, I got a call, or not a call, I got called into the office of our scouting director and third base coach for the D-backs. And they're like, bother, come on to our office. And uh, I went into the office. I didn't know what to expect. Is it good? Is it bad? What's going on? And they informed me that I failed the drug test and I was going to miss 50 games the next season. And I was like, oh my gosh, what, like what, me, who, like no way. But I was masking my pain for so long that it was just a matter of time before this caught up. And that's where I realized, okay, there's a big identity deal here with, with the sports and a big need for this. And so that's where it really kind of kicked off where I'm like, okay, after going through that and having so much anxiety through that fall into that next season, that following season, when I started to realize, okay, there's a big need for this and like, I need to one fix myself first to be able to help other people, but two, like this is what I want to do. Like, this is what I'm passionate about. I know that people are experiencing this. I see it all the time firsthand, and um, there's just a lot of pressure that goes on with it. So that's where it all kind of kick started and, and sparked from that experience there of going through that, and I'm finally going through something that you're so low. You're like swimming with the sharks, man, at the bottom of the ocean. The next thing you know, you got to find a way to get up, and um, that's kind of where it all kick started. Is that, and that's a really good point. I mean, just kind of looking back through your career, some of the stuff that I was able to see and listening to your story, was that the first real moment of, you know, significant adversity in your playing career where, you know, we'll say your bubble or your aura was kind of just burst uh, in terms of, you know, your confidence was probably always so high. Is that the first time you really had to rebound from, from anything major like that in your career? Yeah, I'd say it was, it was the most major, major thing. In high school, I experienced a little bit going through junior and senior year where I didn't sign a collegiate contract till the day after my senior season ended. <laughs> like May 26 is when I signed the dotted line. And that, that was weird because I'm hitting 560 with 10 bombs and 20 intentional walks and Hall of Fame stats and all this cool stuff, right? But you don't have a college scholarship. You're like, where am I going? Like, am I going to even play? I thought I was good, man. Like, I thought I'm really good. Like, the stats say I'm the best in the state. Like, where am I going? Um, so that was tough because at a young age, you're thinking about everyone else. Like, okay, all these guys are signing somewhere else. Like, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. I'm better. You're comparing yourself. But in reality, you got to know who you are to be able to get through all these times. And that was the first real major deal going into college was too, because 6 a.m. weights, a coach who was a little more old school and a little more stern and hard on you, like the old school style of mental toughness, like, boom, you're going to like boot camp. That was tough too. But real major adversity, Ryan, this was bar none the, the highest peak of that for sure yeah I, I mean like just going from that and kind of like where it all comes together and i mean with major league university you talked about it, it's you didn't want to just do it just for the baseball side of things and you wanted to do it to again enrich the lives of these athletes 
And again, so something we overlook sometimes, I know we coach here and yourself uh, through your camps and stuff like that, coaching, giving back your experience. How, how important is it that coaches like ourselves and everybody out there who's got some experience or has faced adversity to give back? Dude, no, this is, that's the best. That's the golden ticket. Like it's, it's so crucial for us as coaches, for us as influencers in the game, whether you have five kids that you work with or 500, I don't care. You have a chance to impact one or two or three of those kids. I watched a video. Um, it's going to drive me crazy because I already forgot the name. It's not the pursuit of happiness, but it's something else I, I may have posted or not. I don't know, but it's like this trickle effect and it's in, from some movie clip and it's this kid drawn on the white, on the chalkboard. It's like three circles of like the people that he's impacted. So he gives gratitude to three different people. And then those three people do it to three other people. And it's this trickle effect, right? Next thing you know, after two weeks of impacting people, it's like this massive web of people you've connected with and your energy goes through them. Like us three right here, this is a perfect example. And then we hit three others, boom. And so that's as coaches, we have a massive opportunity, but so many times as coaches, at least from what I've seen and experienced in my own life out here on the West coast is a lot of coaches have that ego that blocks them in the way and they don't connect with the kid. Like you've got to have vulnerability, man. If you want to really connect with somebody, you've got to be vulnerable and share your stories. Like, I don't know your guys' stories and I don't know where you guys have come from or anything. I just know you live in a really cool area. That's so different from what I'm used to and I'm learning new things, but guess what? Like your story can impact somebody else, whether you played college ball and went on or whether you stopped after high school as a freshman, like it doesn't matter. That story, a little league story can resonate with a kid. Right. And so for us as coaches, it's very, very important to share that wisdom, to share our experience, man, because then these kids can relate and they look up to us like your kids look up to you. Like they love going into your academy and working with you. I guarantee it. You guys are great guys. Like to have people like you influencing the game is massive and you never know where your web can spring to. I'm um, just over the years, man. Yeah. And I guess, you know, talking of just staying with the kids and stuff and having having an impact. I mean, I'm sure you have conversations with with a lot of young athletes you, you talked about, they compare themselves to one another. How do you talk to them about preparing to play an elevated level of competition? I have a kind of a the story. This is a part two question, but, but how do you talk to them about making that jump to the next level and what to expect and, and, and things like that, how to prepare themselves? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is committing to yourself. Like I think at the very bare bottom, like the first thing I talk with athletes about is, Hey, let's commit. Like if we don't commit to ourselves, one thing every day that we can use and, and do every single day to impact our self-confidence, we're not going to get very far. I work with kids from nine years old to 25 in the big leagues. Like it's, I don't care. You have a pulse, I'll freaking help you. Like, or at least try. And, and the, you know, I'm telling you, man, like the, 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 underlying theme is confidence with everybody but it's because it comes from a lack of fulfillment in oneself and a lack of commitment to oneself and so um, to answer your question like the very first thing that i've talking about is hey you've got to commit to something that you can do every day that's part of your routine it's part of your life it becomes a habit and a ritual in your life that's going to set you up for success and it's simple but it's somewhat challenging so here's a few cold shower meditation or visualization reading something positive whether it's the bible whether it's your positive power positivity book like i don't care listen to a positive podcast listen to this something that helps you get to where you want to go gratitude journal simple takes five minutes or less probably three minutes honestly if you're really thinking about it powerful shifts our mindset affirmations making our bed i'm doing the dishes waking up five minutes early waking up on our alarm clock all these little commitments right we can pick one just one and going from high school to college or travel ball to high school or college to pro 
this stuff translates, right? So you keep building on that self-confidence. You keep building on your routines. You set yourself up to be in the most powerful state of your mind that you can possibly become, which gives you the most opportunity and the best chance to succeed on the field. So that's, that's a big thing that I talked to him about, man, for sure. Yeah, because we have an issue here. I mean, you you kind of just got a taste of where we live. We're a pretty remote community. Um, one of the smaller populations in, in Canada as well. Um, and whenever a team goes away to a national tournament tournament from here, um, I mean, we're not expected to do very well, but I would say it goes even beyond that to the point where we actually underperform our low expectations. And I think a lot of it is due to that mindset of, of having the confidence to be able to play and compete. I mean, most kids here won't know this uh, in Newfoundland, won't know this with the U.S., but you know, a lot of great baseball players, they're not coming from big cities like New York and L.A. They're coming from small, remote communities, and they don't let their small environment dictate their success when they play competitive baseball, right? And that's part of these mindsets we're trying to change with some of these athletes to understand is it's it's you have control of that. It's not your environment. It's not your facilities. It's not your coaches. It's you have control of that over your own individual self. Dude, that is huge. And we all, right, we all have the Internet. We all have access to our phones. We all have access to YouTube. Like we have access to this. Like we have access to people that can help us. And we don't have to pay for most of it. That's the craziest part. You don't have to go pay for a lot of this. You can listen to this. You can go watch the YouTube videos and see something cool. Maybe you learn something or you can learn exactly how to visualize, which can help you, right? But it all starts with you. Like you are in control of your destiny every single day of your life. You are. And same with us three. Like we are all in control of our destiny too. How we wake up, how we go about our world, how we go about our day, how we impact and influence the people that we get to work with. So that's a big thing, man. It doesn't matter where you're from, dude. Like I saw so many guys from these schools. I had no clue what their name was or who that, where the heck it was, D2, D3, and AIA in the middle of the country that I had no clues even there. And they're in the big leagues. And they're in AAA and they're in AA and they keep moving up the ranks. I'm like, how are you? You didn't go to ASU. You didn't go to uh, Miami. You didn't go to Clemson. But guess what? They committed to themselves. They used it as fuel. They used it as like a badge of honor from where they're from. Like, I'm going to be the one to do this. Like, I believe so much in myself, right? Like, I can tell you I believe in you, but you've got to believe in you. I believe in myself so much that I'm going to get there one day and nothing's going to stop me because you have the same 24 hours as everybody else in the world. It just depends on how are you going to use those 24 hours. Yeah, and that's Great huge. Point. That's like, and and the thing is too, it's actually funny because I just got finished. Uh, I went back and kind of went through uh, your blogs on the website um, the last couple of days just to prepare for this, obviously. But I, the one I one that really stuck out to me, and it was just the title even was mm -hmm. sixth tool. We talk about five tool players, guys that go to the bigs. They have all five tools. Mike Trout, and then it's you talked about that sixth tool, and you just described it. It's something that. Again, it's an innate ability to understand ourselves, have an identity, and be able to apply that, and that be able to elevate you, which elevates your game, which elevates your lifestyle, and elevates your quality of life, which in turn gives you success, no matter what you want to do in life. And, th and I think that's something that's overlooked in athletes is that end of the day, we're playing baseball, and it, we're playing – Maybe we're 10 years old, 12 years old, 15, 17. Maybe we have a college scholarship. Maybe we have a pro contract in the waiting for us. But at the end of the day, we're all going to do something in life. And like the sixth tool, we can all have that sixth tool, right? We may have the other five. We may have two of the other five, but that sixth tool we can all take and develop over time. So I definitely, I wanted to bring that up right away. And actually from that, from that actual post, 
Um, you talked about doing it in a team environment. And the funny thing is, is that all three of us right here, and again, baseball being a team game, an individual team game, we all go through it together. So again, can you talk about um, just how that applies and how we can feed off of each other in a, in, an, in a team environment, not only in baseball, but in life, again, whether it's in a working environment, whether it's in, I don't know, a school environment. So just talking about how we can apply that together. We are all connected. You make an incredible point there, but we are all connected through just the power of life, right? Like 99.9999999% of us or of our bodies and our gene makeup is the exact same, like identical. There's just a small difference in every single one of us that makes a huge difference, it seems like, in the world. But guess what? All of our energy is connected, and there's this story. And you guys won't probably won't know this, but there's these these woods up in Northern California, and I was living there this last year. For April 1st would have been one year until all this stuff went, went down. And there's this these woods called the Mere Woods. Right. So the Mere Woods is these massive, these massive woods, these amazing trees, the incredible, incredible area. And like hikes are amazing. It's beautiful. Well, there's billions of trees out there. It seems like there's so many. And this one spot, the Mere Woods, has not been affected by any fires, any like crazy earthquakes, any like natural disasters at all, at all, ever. But there's so many other spots like a couple years ago in Santa Rosa near where I was living everything burned down, Shasta Valley burned down. There's so many fires in Northern California, right? But this area for some reason has not been touched. But from such a long, like a long history of standpoints, like the roots are so deep underground that these trees are nourishing each other. Like they're like, when one's dying off and turning yellow, like another one picks them up and rises them above, right? And like gives them some water, gives them some nutrients, nourishes their roots to help them continue to grow. And so these trees are all connected. Well, it's just like us, right? Like I'm connected with you guys right now through our energy. You guys are firing me up. Well, guess what? Maybe one of the viewers is listening to this and they're getting fired up. Maybe my dog to my right that's just hanging out is feeling my energy, right? I think there's a reason why dogs attract to certain people because they want positive energy. Babies too, they come running to you. Well, they like people who have positive energy. You can feel the energy in people. So we are all connected, man. And the, the biggest point that I think I'd like to just get made across or like I wish people would just really understand is that our energy can translate to anybody holding the door for somebody, giving a high five on a run, like just pumping somebody up. You look beautiful today. Great beard, like awesome hats. Great. Like presentation of the show, like, whatever it is that you say that can impact somebody massively. And you have no idea that it did, but guess what? We're all connected like the trees. Yeah. And we were talking uh, just a few days ago, we had uh, a gentleman on the podcast. His name is Kyle or he was a, a staple in Canadian baseball for a long time. He was a you know fourth round draft pick. Uh, never never quite made the jump to to pro ball. But one of the things he talked about when he was you know in the recruiting process, he said every game he was playing at the end there was multiple scouts in the stand, and he talked about what organizations are looking for. They don't care if he hits the ball that day. They don't care if he makes an error. They want to see how he's responding if he strikes out or if he makes an error right and i think teams are wise to these things they're looking for people that fit a nucleus that's going to provide that positive experience or positive role model or good teammate to their association right so that they can build their organization i mean are you having those types of conversations with teams uh right now yourself absolutely especially those youth those youth teams the travel organizations that i work with or the youth programs in middle east like all the youth teams especially that's huge. And even the college, I mean, you're still being 
you're being evaluated every day. You got all these scouts looking to draft you. Well, they want to make sure you fit the mold of that team, like you mentioned, the nucleus of that team. And the first thing, as far as like if you're going college to like a college recruiters looking for, like they ask about the grades, they ask what type of person is he, and how's his family. None of that had to deal with how far I hit the ball, how big and strong I am, how cool I look, how good my Instagram following is. Like none of that stuff matters, right? It's all these intangibles, like my grades. Can I get some scholarship money too? How's my family and who is this guy? Like, is he a good person or girl? Like, are they a good person? Are they, um, are they a leader? Are they dedicated? Are they, are they fun? Like what's their, what's their energy like? So those are huge from the college looking down. And then from professionally, they're looking, hey, how, what kind of mold does this guy fit? How does he handle his emotions? Is he going to be able to handle his emotions in a 140-game minor league season? What about an 85-game uh, short season after we first draft him and go into rookie ball? Like, is he going to be able to handle that, like the ups and downs of baseball, the travel? Is he going to be able to handle the 0 for 15s where he has no idea what's going on? He's doing backstrokes in his dome. Like, what's he like as a person? And they ask these coaches this. But as athletes, we want to – do the other tools, right? We don't, we don't think about the six tool. We think about, I need to lift more. I need to gain more weight. I need more PB and J's and drink more chocolate milk, right? Like I need to get jacked. Like, I need to hit more. Woo. Well, guess what? You cannot swing a bat right now in these next two months of whatever downtime we have, who knows how long this lasts, but you can visualize yourself hitting every single day, taking full live at bats. And you're going to get way more out of it than if you ever stepped on a baseball field. I can guarantee that. So that's a great question, man. These guys are looking for more than just your physical skill. Like they look at how you respond, how you treat people. And they notice that, like, trust me, like I'm, that's what I'm watching. If I'm going out like with my buddies who are scouting for these teams and the high level teams, right? D one, two, three, all above. I'm helping them. I'm like, okay, I'm looking for who who handles themselves the best. Why is that guy different? Like, why is his shoulders back and his chest out a little more? And he's got a little strut, but it's not cocky. It's just I'm confident in who I am. Like, how come he didn't throw his bat or, like, hang his head after a strikeout or giving up a bomb, like, back on the mound, ready to go in? Those things are like, way bigger than anything else that you can do, and it's totally in your control. And is that he finds or just one more quick one there, Noah? But is that what you're finding you're now working a lot more with with scouts and people in those positions to help uh, make determinations of what players to take in programs or more so working directly with the athletes. I mean, what, what has that been like so far for you? Yeah, man, no, I'm working specifically with the athletes for the most part, but I, okay. I do have a lot of buddies who are either scouting with pro teams or they are college coaches as college recruiters. And I ask them questions because I want to be able to relay that to my athletes that I get to work with. And just um, even through social media, like be able to give, people an idea of you got to portray yourself like a champion man like you got to act like a champion if you really want to get to that level you've got to like handle yourself in a way that's going to help you get there so um it's it's fun to pick their brain and just ask hey what are you guys looking for because then you can give that to your athletes now it's like okay well hey this guy said this well it's probably true if boom boom and boom are all doing the same exact thing right yeah yeah, and it, it definitely goes to show i mean being able to obviously lend that to your athletes and Again, so just again for our viewers, kind of walk us through. I know that uh, the photo that actually you sent me um, of yourself in the room, all the athletes lying on the ground, <laughs> and they were eyes closed, hats down over the eyes. So I, I know what that experience is like. I, I've gone through that meditation and that visualization, but just walk us through that as the instructor and as the one who's actually going into a room of, say, 14U, 13U, 12U kids. And getting them to do this. Yeah, man, it's 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 the it's the best experience ever because this is what I'll notice. And then I'll get into what it's like. It's 
originally people come in and you see the ego, like there's a mask in front. So you've got to relate, right? How do you relate? You're vulnerable. You got to connect with them, share your story a little bit, have some fun. And then two, from when they first walk in to when they're done with that exercise, like the way their face looks like to like relax, like, oh my gosh, like I'm free. I can move. I can think. Like my mind's actually thinking clearly now. Whoa, what? I saw myself succeed. Oh my gosh. I didn't see myself caying 15 times in a row, right? Or giving up bombs. So that's a big, that's like my favorite takeaway from those. And that's why I will forever teach it because it was big for me when I played it, it changed my life and career. But when I go in there, usually I'll go through the exercises like or uh, a little seminar deal we'll have a discussion i like to discuss with them and pick their brains we'll go about 30 to 45 minutes of that and then uh, the last 10 to 15 minutes we'll lay down and we'll visualize and how i how i do it is for 60 to 90 seconds or so we're just catching our breath right in through the nose blowing out through the mouth trying to fill up our belly like let's get into the belly breathing in through the nose out through the mouth like pay attention to your thoughts a lot of things are going to come racing through here but hey let's just focus on our breath put my mind on that breath see it coming in see it coming out from there i get into about two or four minutes of usually like two two three minutes of gratitude so three things you're grateful for three things that bring you joy that make you happy that like really are good in your life right now and we lose track of that as athletes and as people but what's good in my life my parents my coaches my teammates you know like my new shoes i got my new bat we go through the gratitude session I have them think about what they're grateful for, feel that emotion that they feel behind that. From there, we get into the, I like to call it my, my mental highlight reel or my personal highlight reel, whatever you want to say terminology wise, but it's see myself succeed, right? So maybe I'm 13 years old and last year as a 12U in Little League, I had a walk-off bomb in the Tournament of Champions to left center that was so freaking cool that my mom and dad were high-fiving me from the stands. Everybody's woo, cheering, right? Like my teammates are fired up. Maybe that was my best experience I've ever had. Let me think about it. How did I feel in that moment? What was it like? What was that swing like? Did I see the ball? Did I just hit it and come back and I didn't know what pitch it was, right? Like, what was that experience like? So three to five things that, like, of seeing myself succeed, create that mental highlight reel. And that's something that you can do every day for three minutes. Just let me see myself succeed. And then from there, the last part's the affirmation aspect, like my intent. So who do I say I am? A lot of the times as athletes, as kids, especially kids today, man, it's very disconnected because of social media and product of the environment, right? Like they have everything at their fingertips. It's very easy access. And so with that, I try and get them to think about who do you say you are, not the world. Like when you first wake up, majority of people in this world, I'd say 80%, first thing they do, check their phone, go on social media. You're being dictated by the world now. Like the world governs who you are and what you do every day. So you see something that you don't like, plan in your brain first thing the first 20 minutes of the day are the most important minutes of your yeah. day because programs everything right it totally does but we get into that intent right who do i stand so i am fearless i am powerful i'm a beast i'm the best out here i am worthy of success i'm healthy i'm loving i'm kind you know whatever you say you are like who do you say you are as a person let's go out on that and then the last 60 seconds to 90 seconds is like my three to five biggest breaths of the day like just freaking let it rip dude like i don't care what's happened today I don't care what's going to happen later today, tomorrow, this week. Let's just breathe and focus on seeing my breath come in, blowing it out through the mouth, relaxing my body and my mind, connecting myself to myself, right? Taking boom, boom, boom. And do you have trouble? I mean, you talked about some of the athletes you see when they first come into this session, the ones with the little bit of a stoic face on. But do you have, is there a particular type of athlete you're having trouble getting through to, or do you kind of? You know, after a session, you, you know, they might start off skeptical, but you kind of win them over towards the end. Or there's some people you have to work at. 
I want to say I win them all over. <laughs> That's just my personal side. Cause I feel like, I mean, I feel like I connect with people pretty well, but there are some kids who are tough to connect with. And that's where you see it in the very beginning. Like, like friends, I told the story the other day and it was crazy, but it's, it's just crazy to see where you go. So I'm in Florida at this prospect showcase thing. And that for some reason, Florida is not as progressive with this stuff. They're like a little more old school mentality. Maybe it's just the people I was around. I don't know, but a lot of kids are buying in. Right. But there's, and it's the environment I said, I should have done it differently, but there's a big comfy couch right in the middle. And there's one kid who's like, who fell asleep while I'm talking. And I'm like, I get fired up when I talk. It's pretty hard to fall asleep when I'm talking. Like, at least I think, and he's asleep. Everyone else like locked in doing their thing, asking questions. This dude's KO'd, hat over his head. Like didn't want anything. And you just got to understand as like an influencer, as a, a teacher of a game or of a coach, whatever it is, teacher in a class that, there's going to be a small percentage that probably aren't going to get it or care to get it or listen at all. But if you can get the mass and if you can get that middle ground that like one of the guys who came in once to us said there's 25 that are bought in, no matter what you say, they're going to be in. There's 25 that are totally checked out and that can go up or down a little bit. But the middle 50, like how do you grab the middle 50 and how do you get the 50? in the middle the 50% to the top with those with the leaders and how do you bring them up there and then the few down here hopefully they see some some influence and whatever happens happens but um I like to say I'm pretty good at getting all groups uh, relating to them but uh, there are some times where it's like okay how do I check them in and that's the challenging part but it's the fun part about it yeah definitely yeah and I mean like when you look at it like from all sports aspects and and that's a tough thing too that we kind of uh, I know here with with our kids and kind of getting them to buy in and get on the same page and that sort of thing. The biggest thing, too, is would you say that identifying with you talked about that leadership group. Now, when you leave a session, when you leave a team, when you leave a camp, when you leave an organization and you move on to the next one um, to share that message. Uh, do you feel as though, hey, I, I'm hopefully the leaders are going to actually kick it into gear, lead this team, kind of put that culture into, again, it's not a defined culture that you're defining for them. They've got to go find that culture. But at the same time, do you kind of rely on that little leadership group to, again, trickle down effect, like pay it forward? Mm, absolutely. I think that was the movie, by the way, pay it forward. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Crazy that you said that. You've now said two things that have been in my mind that I haven't said yet that are innate ability was the other one. I was like, gosh, I was just like repeating that. Um, but no, uh, I definitely rely on the leaders to take charge. And that's yeah. where I try and do a little leadership group together with them before I leave, at least the leaders on the team or whoever's defined as the leaders, because they've got to carry it on. Um, thankfully, I'm coming up with a little process with somebody else that we're going to build a, a basically a formula for coaches to implement this in and for athletes even to take charge for an extended period of time. So if we aren't there, they can still continue this, which is huge, huge, huge. But two ways I do this, sometimes with the college teams, I'll do like uh, monthly check-ins with them so I can still kind of be around. And then two, got to empower the leaders, man, the leaders and the coaches to implement daily and be like, hey, look, like let's get back to our core values. Let's get back to uh, our processes and routines and our identity as a team. Like, Who do we define ourselves as? What is our mission for this year? What are we going to do as a squad? Like, How can we support each other? Accountability partners. That stuff's big time, man. And I hate like just being in the shoes of the athletes. I know sometimes somebody will come in and you're like, that was great. But two days later, it's back to the same thing, right? Yeah. Like, How do you continue change? That's where we're coming up with a nice process to where we'll give them a formula, uh, different sessions to do each week to stay engaged and to stay continued on this process um, from the very top down. 
Yeah, and I guess, I mean, I just want to take a you know point from there and transition back to your playing days just a little bit. Um, you're you're similar in the fact that we had uh, you know, Kyle on the other day. You're a power hitting first baseman, right? You were expected to drive runs, you know, get that ball moving. Did that come with extra pressure? I mean, you talked about pressure and anxiety, but a lot of people when they're drafted, there's you know there's certain expectations. You have to play your position well. You know, you should hit for average or whatever. But the expectation to to hit for power and, and hit home runs it has to be an immense pressure at that next level. There is a, a big time pressure aspect, but I think it's more self pressure on your, on yourself. Like there is like that expectation, right? Like, so you've got this expectation of what the organization thinks like, okay, you're a first baseman. You're here to hit home runs. You're not here to play defense. We want you to play D that's a plus, but you're here to hit home runs and drive an RBIs and you're going to hit four every day. It's like, okay, it's cool, but now I got to do it. Right. And like as an athlete, you keep swimming below the expectations that you put on yourself and you never quite reach that expectation that you think you should hit. And you're ultimately unfulfilled. Right. You never get to this level. You're always swimming right below. And even if you have a great year and you're not 350 with 40 bombs or 315 with 20 bombs, you're like I didn't do my job. Right? I didn't do as good. But coming from the top down, like you're thinking about it in the back of your head because the draft comes around. Right. And when they draft a first round first baseman who's supposed to come in and be there guy for the future you're like well crap the guys ahead of me well these guys are driving in bombs and they're they're the double a and the triple a player of the year i'm here in high a and i had a terrible year after failing a drug test what the heck do i do like not terrible year but in my standards obviously expectations right terrible and you're like crap like what do i do so there is a big expectation aspect in that as far as you're expected to come in and produce like at that level it's a business and it's all about producing so if you produce you're going to move you don't produce you're going to get moved so that's the biggest thing i think uh, at that level but as athletes and as people we put a lot of expectations and pressure on ourselves too so being able to understand hey how do i detach from my results stick to a process that works for me not just a process like people say trust the process cool yeah you got to trust it but what's my process like what's my routine what's my habits and rituals what am i doing every day to put myself and my team in the best position to be successful no and that's i guess staying there so you you feel that in these in a lot of cases like this it's the individual ends up putting more pressure on themselves than necessarily the external forces is that kind of what you're you're experiencing yeah absolutely it's like this phantom this phantom uh, expectation type deal you know like you don't think like the phantom dl like this guy's not really on the dl but they're telling him he's not on the dl like he's not going to play but he's not on the real dl like that's how it feels. It's like, you know, the expectation that they expect, but you almost glorified in your mind. Like that's all they're thinking about. When in reality, it's not like, yeah, it's part of the game, but we glorify that expectation a lot as athletes. And, and like, when we look at it too, I actually, Ryan, one point that you brought up, um, like you talked about external forces and I, I like to look at it different environments because wherever you're going to go as a player, it's going to be a different environment. Like you talked about in Florida again, mm -hmm. Um, a little more old school. If you go, um, I know here in Canada, we're starting to get a little more, um, again, a little more up in terms of uh, adapting to the different philosophies out there on the game and the way we look at the game. Um, here in Newfoundland, that's what we're trying to do. So our hashtag that we use on social media has changed the culture because, again, we want to start getting our athletes and athletes across the province to a adopt a culture and it's not necessarily buy yes buy into ours when you're when you're a member of the academy but at the same time 
Um, it's different environments. When they come into our facility, the only one on the island, it's a different environment than when they go back with their club team and they're playing with a coach who may not have as much experience as myself and Ryan. So how much does that come into play when we talk about having to adapt to different environments and still sticking to ourselves and sticking to our identity? Yeah, that's the incredible question. And it's probably the hardest thing in the world to do. That's why so many people get eaten up when they go to professional baseball and college baseball, because now you're usually in a place that's further away from home with a team that you have no idea who they are in the very beginning with coaches who, whether you like them or don't like them, you only got to meet them for probably one day. So you can't get a real feel on who the guy is as a coach. Maybe he's a great person, great recruiter, great seller, but on the field, he's um, brutal. You know, he's, he's rude. He's mean. He's angry. He's old school. You don't know what's going to happen, right? But to be able to adapt, it's like being a chameleon, right? Like a chameleon always adapts to its environment and they're able to adapt to the situation. So if you have the old school approach, you've got to understand like, okay, this is how this guy operates. This is how he reacts to things. This, As an athlete, I've got to respect that process, respect where I'm at, but understand what works for me. And it goes back to my routine and process. Like, yeah, I might be getting moved from Arizona to Florida, and getting traded and now it's three hour time difference. And now my clock started way earlier and it's humid instead of just warm. And now it's like the beach is right there. So I've made some more distractions in my life, like wherever it is in your career and whatever level you're at, you're going to face some circumstances like that where you have like, dude, you got a choice, right? You got the choice, but how bad do you want it? Like how bad do you want to be great? How bad are you willing to sacrifice certain things in your life, cut them out completely to get to where you want to go? And that's what separates the best from the best, man. It's not the talent at all. Even in college, it's not the talent. Like there's some very, very talented athletes, but they don't get drafted because they chose to go party and drink and, and stew drugs and like hang with the women rather than go after their dream, do what they want to do and what they need to do to be successful. And then there's the guys who are just even keel consistent, who don't have the most talent, who aren't like the best athlete in the world, but they're so consistent with their process. They just continue to rise every single season and they stick around, right? Yep. They stick, they're always there. They're always in their ear. And that, you know, as a coach, you can put them in and boom, they're going to perform. And that's why I think the adaptation aspect is, it's like, no matter where I go, how do, how can I be the same guy? And that's understanding my process that I have for myself, my routines, my rituals, and then committing to myself on something off the field that I can do everywhere I go that isn't subject to my environment. Yeah, and we've had, I mean, almost every guest that's been on this week that's played competitive high-level baseball, um, they've all said the same thing. Uh, physical limitations is what is not what prevented them from playing at the next level. A lot of them were very physically gifted athletes, but they all made the admission that mentally they just, they didn't have the tools to play at the next game because they, you know, maybe they didn't work on development. Some of them may have, I'm not sure, but that's, it's a very common thread. I mean, when you're talking about athletes at that next level, there's a mental strength there that I think is probably the real untapped key um, that, you know, a lot of them are great athletes. I mean, we all know great athletes that aren't playing professional sports. The guy down at your local gym can probably pick up a car and jump six feet in the air, but he doesn't have that mindset that allows him to play professional sports. It's so important. I think that's how we get that message out there and how we actually get that to resonate, I think, is the, the key to, to developing athletes to, to be able to play at the next level. It is, man. It is. And if I had asked the parents out there and like whoever, even the athletes, the coaches watching this and whoever sees this, maybe somebody hears me in the distance. That's over one of my neighbors. Like maybe they hear me, but 
if we understand that the physical, like, and this is a common theme because everybody at these levels knows this and has talked about this and is putting it out there. So if we understand that the physical limitations isn't what's going to prevent me from getting to the next level, it's the mental limitations, it's my mindset, mastery. Like, how do I master this brain? It's the most powerful organ in my freaking body, like the most powerful muscle that anybody ever has. It's been around trillions of years like this thing right here has been programmed and conditioned by society by the areas in our environments that we're around how do i like why would i not invest in this right i got my hitting coach i got my pitching coach i got my fielding coach i've got my strength coach i got my nutritional coach i've got my fifth coach that just does whatever i had a, a girl who literally had seven coaches and she was 11 years old give me a break 11 seven six or seven coaches i'm like you got one for every day of the week like what are you doing on sunday like come on give me a break like, do you have a spiritual coach? Do you have an emotional coach? Do you have this? And so this thing right here controls everything, right? So why not, if we could invest in something, why don't we invest in somebody that can help us train this for success to where now when I'm out of the game, I have an identity, Noah, right? Like now I have an identity when I get out because that's a massive, massive, massive issue in the world today is athletes just get boom. And now we've got more than ever this year because hundreds of thousands of athletes just got there last year swept from under their feet so now their identity is totally just wrecked because they're like it wasn't even my choice like i knew in, in may that i'd be done but guess what it's march and i'm done and i don't know what to do because now i have no plan b i have no uh anything else that i'm passionate about and i'm supposed to be playing right now what the heck yeah. so that's a that's a big deal man it's huge but why wouldn't we invest in that if we know it's so important right and yeah, I, I guess a lot of people oh sorry go ahead no no, no, no. I was just going to say, I, I think you you hit it right on the head. Like right now you talked about those athletes who've had it all swept out from underneath them. I mean, whether whether you're a collegiate athlete playing D1, D2, NAIA, JUCO, or you're you're going into your first full season of pro ball, you just got an invite to big league spring training. And it's like, oh, I was on the verge of actually making the club. And now what's going to happen? Am I going to get optioned? What's going to happen there? And I think it's a unique opportunity. I think everybody has a unique opportunity now to really dig into that mental side of the game and find that identity. So when we come back and we come out of this, whatever the, whatever this is for the world, whatever we're going through right now, um, get, giving us a chance to, again, solidify that identity. So the next time we're in front of that coach, the next time we're in front of that big league scout, the next time we're in front of that cross checker at our next game, it's kind of like, okay, he's found it. If it wasn't there before, he's found it, or he's got an even better understanding of what that identity is, and that's a guy that we can take. So, again, um, I guess my question is, like, how how unique and, uh, I guess, how big of an opportunity do these athletes have right now with this time off, even though it is sort of like it's all swept out from under them, but it is an opportunity. This is the greatest opportunity of anybody's life right now. Because guess what? Nobody has the competitive edge. <laughs> Nobody right. can go into the facility, really. I mean, there's some that are low-key operating. I won't throw anyone under the bus out here on the West Coast, but I mean, some people are getting together still, right? Like, But majority of people, 95% of the people in the world, are in the exact same boat, in the exact same house that they have to stay in, and they're not allowed to do anything, right? And you make an incredible point about that. Like, okay, I'm a scout, and I saw somebody early spring. I saw somebody in February that I, I'm, I'm big on. He's got great talent, but guess what? I don't know yet. I don't know if they have the makeup, right? The mental makeup. But then I see them this summer in a perfect game tournament or wherever I'm seeing them at in New York, for instance. And I see them in New York. I'm like, whoa, Johnny is like, what happened? He's not throwing his bag. He's not yelling at his coach. He's not kicking the dirt and crying, poor me. 
He's a different dude. That's a that guy. He's got a different pep in his step. This is the greatest single opportunity that anybody's ever had. And most people aren't doing anything right now. They're sitting playing Fortnite and video games and they're just dancing and doing TikTok videos. Like, give me a break. Take 10 minutes a day to work on this side of the game. Like, this is the most massive opportunity you have. And nobody can go to school. <laughs> Nobody's allowed to go and do a school right now, right? So we have a whole day to do what we need to do. And you can't tell me that online class is taking eight hours of your day. I went through online class in college. It was super easy. This is probably easier for any athlete out there. Sorry, teachers, but it is like you as an athlete have such a unique opportunity to gain the edge on everybody else going into the summer. And I don't care who you are. You need to be prepared because this is the biggest summer of your life because now there's 30 other guys on these rosters or 20, 30 other guys and girls, softball, baseball, et cetera, on these different sports that are going into these rosters that are like the jam packed. So now that room for error is even smaller, right? There's less margin for you to get into school. So you've got to be even better. So how do you separate yourself? Boom. You can't, you can hit off the tee all day, but guess what? Is that going to translate in the game? You're a five o'clock hitter. You hit bombs and BP. Yeah, cool. Good for you. But guess what? When seven o'clock hits, how am I prepared here? What's my approach? What's my mentality? What's my confidence like? Who am I as an athlete? Do I know my identity? So many questions, but you're right. Best single opportunity that anybody's ever had in their life right now. Now, and that's kind of, uh, in, in order to work on that, I mean, something I, whether someone watches TV or plays TikTok, and sometimes for people to play sports, a lot of people have these, we'll say these outlets or vices simply so that they can actually turn these things off because they're not comfortable inside their own mm -hmm. mind. I mean, how do you get someone to start to be comfortable in there. I mean, I've made a joke to a few family and family members and friends. I mean, I think one of the best things about me as an athlete until, you know, I stopped playing a long time ago, but I would, I said, I was, I wasn't self-aware until I was like 27 or 28 years old. You know what I mean? Which yeah, was a yeah. blessing and, and obviously a curse. Um, but you know, over the last, I would say three or four years, which is what's actually helped me get this business off the ground was, is taking the anxiety that's in my mind about those external forces and, and being able to, I would say, reprocess and retool them. And I think, how do you, like, I, I don't know how to verbalize to somebody, you know, how I was able to do this over the last few years, but I understand that it was a process. I mean, how do you start coaching someone into that process when they get into their head and they start feeling that anxiety, you know, how do you teach them to reconcile some of that stuff? Mm, identify the signal. The very first step for me is identifying the signal. Okay, so, right? Like, I've got these emotions going through my mind that are not serving me. Right? Like, they're, they're impacting me in a negative light. They're not helping me get better. They're keeping me and preventing me from succeeding. And I know that. So, I got to identify the signal, right? You've got to become self aware and take ownership of your career. So, it first starts with, hey, let me take ownership of who I am and what I need to do to be successful. Two, I need to identify the signal. Okay. So what's the signal that continues to pop up every time that I struggle at the plate? Okay. I, I lack confidence. Why do I lack confidence? Well, I haven't prepared as much as I possibly could because I know last week and our mind knows this, that I gave a, maybe 85, 90% in the cage, but I give 110%. Well, I knew I, I, I kind of maybe did on a couple of those, uh, a couple of those uh, uh, sprints that I was running. Right. So our mind knows that like, we hold ourselves accountable in our own mind. So the first step really is identifying the signal. What is it that's tripping me up, right? And then two is evaluating that. Is this real or is this not? Like, is this thought that I'm thinking about myself, is this actually true? Because maybe I am giving 110%. I am rocking it, but I'm still, like, feeling lack of self-confidence and a lack of uh, or more self-doubt than I've ever felt in my life. So two, is this, is this thought true, yes or no? Simple question. If it is, then okay. Maybe I need to evaluate what I'm doing off the field, my preparation. Boom, simple as that. If it's not true, 
I've identified that this isn't a true thought, right? We have over 60,000 thoughts in our head every single day. They continue to just mob us, like all bombard us every day, right? But guess what? Majority of those thoughts aren't true. And majority of them are the exact same thoughts as the day before. 95% is insane. So two, evaluate my thoughts. Like, are these real? Are these not? And then three, take action. Nothing else happens without taking action, man. You got to take action. Take, take action forward somewhere. I don't care what it is. Like, get out of bed, move, do something new, go outside. I always say, like, nature is the greatest healing. And maybe if it's snowing and it's 10 degrees and you're in Antarctica, like, it's not possible. Or if it's 110 in Arizona and you're just mad because it's so freaking hot and there's snakes everywhere, so you're super scared. Like, okay, maybe it's not right but nature is the greatest healing power so we can get outside at the very least like get outside recollect and reconnect man it's huge but i'm um, taking action man at the very end of the day you got to take action towards your dreams and um, if you've identified what signal keeps tripping you up it's probably the same one every single time that you get in those moments and then you can take the action like you have over the last few years which you see the translation in your business to where it's exponentially grown and you've had more fulfillment and success inside internally which is the biggest success in anything that you can have yeah. That's definitely, it's definitely huge. I mean, like we, we talk about, again, you go back to taking action and we go back to that unique opportunity. And I, I think all of our athletes that are listening right now, I think you guys and coaches too, it's, it's kind of like, what can we be doing as coaches? Like, again, from the side of the game, maybe we got to, we got to check ourselves. Maybe, maybe we have to look at the way that we've been approaching the game and teaching our athletes because at the end of the day, again, we're leaders. And like we said at the beginning of this, we do have an impact on somebody's life eventually, whether it's the kid that we're coaching in 10 whether it's at 17 to go on to play collegiately or professionally, we're making an impact. And we really, maybe it's time for us as coaches to start checking ourselves to get a better understanding of what we're doing. Check the ego a little bit, maybe if we find that hey, we, we're kind of just pushing what we know on these kids and maybe it's not right for that individual. So, and again, I just wanted to share that message and kind of talk to our coaches. I know there are some coaches listening to us right now. So uh, Austin, if you could just like, again, it's just going to be a reaffirmation of that point if you can, or just give us some other details and some other avenues to explore on that side of things for our coaches. Yeah, the coaches, we have a unique opportunity to make an impact in the world man like we're inspiring the next generation of leaders that's why on this hat it says developing future leaders like no not baseball players not professional athletes i don't care if you make it to the professional athlete i don't care if you're a college athlete i don't care if you can play on your high school team right like i want you to be a leader in society i want you to have a successful and fulfilled life and that's as coaches we have a beautiful opportunity to do so but a lot of the times we get wrapped up in our own agendas like we have an hour and a half practice plan or two hours of practice and we got to get every little thing in, right? We got boom, 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 boom. And it's so structured and I left no time for questions or answers. But maybe that day my guys needed 10 minutes to just chat about life. And hey, Johnny, how was the, the MLB, the show game you had? Your career, your, your, my career player sucks. That guy's terrible, dude. Your, your dime dive team is trash, dude. Like, I have a crush you. Like, just connect. Like, as coaches, we get into preach mode, into it's my agenda, it's my lecture, and this is what I need to do to get, and they're going to take to it. But then maybe I, I got to check the pulse of my environment that I'm around and see where my guys are at. Like, daily check-ins with these guys. That's where I'm extremely excited for some of the stuff we have coming, man, because I think it's going to help uh, structure-wise for a lot of coaches who – 
maybe were great players or had a lot of feel out there. Maybe they're great coaches too, but it's tough to teach the game in a way or check in with this side and understand that we are leaders. And like, it starts from the top down. Leadership does like whatever I do and say, my guys are watching me every single day and they are on me. So whatever I'm doing, they're going to emulate that for their future. So I've got to understand that every single time I step into that facility on that field in the dugout in the clubhouse, like I am setting an example for how my guys are going to live the rest of their life. Like that's huge. So you have the ability, like think about it, be self-aware enough to be like, okay, I'm impacting the rest of their lives, not just their ability on the field. Like this is way more than the game of baseball for sure. And, and that's a really good point. And I just want to stick on the co- uh, the coaching piece a little bit. We had uh, Mike Webster on yesterday, a plethora of baseball knowledge up in the, we'll say the New York, uh, Canadian, you know, Toronto area. Um, he's coached at all levels. And we talked about, um, you know, how parents should communicate um, failure or different situation. You know, the car ride home conversation, basically. How, you know, how much do you support your kid versus making sure you're, you know, they're, they're getting the point across. And he talked about honesty. I want to take that now from a coach's perspective. When you're giving, I mean, you started coaching last year, correct? I mean, you took a university job last year. How do you, how do you communicate uh, failure or, or constructive criticism to to a player, I mean, there's a fine line between not giving giving them all the information that they need to ensure that they uh, correct that problem, uh, and and obviously being too harsh on them. I mean, it's it's a very delicate balance. What's kind of your approach with that? Build their relationship. If you can build a relationship with the athlete, you're gonna get the most out of them. They trust you. So when you build a relationship, you build the trust, and that's what, at least from my point of view, I've noticed the most from the best coaches that I've had, and then from me coaching now, like using some of these tools, like. If I try and tell them what they're doing wrong, it, it may not always connect. Some guys it will. Some guys are uh, very adaptive and they're very open to it. But a lot of guys and a lot of kids nowadays, uh, they just they want to hear what's right in a way or they continue to talk about what's wrong and like why they can't succeed. And so if we're able to build a relationship with them and just pick their brain a little bit, because maybe it's something below the surface maybe something at home that's affecting how they're playing on the field and and we wouldn't have known that if we never built a relationship in the first place with that kid so um that's where it goes back to your point no like we have a massive massive opportunity as coaches to make an impact in these kids overall lives man and to send them back home as better students better kids uh, better sons and daughters and just better humans in society i think that's a huge opportunity but as coaches man we, we've really got to build a relationship with the kids uh, with whoever we're working with, whether it's 10U or 18U, and and build that trust. Trust is so key, and I think for kids to trust us, they're going to open up to us a little more. We can dig beneath the surface a little more to get those issues going on and maybe uh, communicate, hey, this is what's going on in your swing. This is what I see. And now that kid trusts you, so like, wow, he really knows exactly what is going on. I'm going to make this adjustment, and now, boom, they believe in it, right? They believe in it. But the worst thing is as a coach or as a player, sorry, if, you're, if you don't believe in your coach and you're like, what you're telling me is stupid coach. Come on, man. Like that, that PVC pipe drill you're having me do is doing nothing for me. Like you saw that on Twitter yesterday. You're just trying to throw, throw smoke at me. Dude. Like, no way. Like that's when it gets that lack of trust. And then when lack of trust happens, uncertainty happens. And then the skill level usually comes down. Or the results come down. Yeah. And I guess that's when, I guess as an athlete, and I can speak to that a little bit too, is there's certain coaches. I was just, I was willing to take, you know, any piece of advice from, and there were certain coaches. I mean, right wrongfully obviously well, you can say rightfully wrongfully but it was i mean it was probably unfair but i mean i wouldn't listen to anything that they had to say and i think it's exactly what you just had to say is there just there was no relationship or or 
level of trust that you had with them that that would allow you to take that advice from. So I think that's that's great advice for our coaches out there is talking about you know building building that trust with your athletes. It's huge, man. Trust is huge. Trust is huge. So yeah, as we kind of wrap it up here, uh, one question that I've asked pretty much every guest we've had the last week or so um, for yourself. Um, did you have a mentor or um, do you have somebody in mind that was a mentor for you to kind of direct you on the right path, whether it be in baseball, whether it be with MLU, was there somebody that really made that huge impact that you can kind of just put the finger on and be like, that person really, really made me see things differently. Yeah, man. Amazing question. I've had a lot of people in my life that have dropped nuggets, good and bad, um, and, and been able to help me with, with the future and just where I've been at in all stages of life. But the most important, not most, I don't want to say most important one, but the most impactful one that I've ever had and still have today is Aaron Nielsen. And he's like, uh, the guy behind the scenes, man, he just like, he doesn't do a lot of social media promoting or anything like that. Like this guy's freaking unbelievable, probably the best in the world, like, unreal. And he's in my ear. We're on the phone multiple times a week just discussing ideas brainstorming um he helped me through baseball through college through professional ball and then obviously in real life now more than ever he's helped me especially business-wise entrepreneur does the same type of stuff and it really impacted the next generation in different avenues of of the world and uh dude he's been amazing so i highly recommend people having some sort of mentor somebody they can trust and lean on in times of dire need and like good and bad just somebody you can shoot ideas off of somebody you can just relate to be with talk to it's changed my life, man. It's the biggest, it's the biggest nugget that you could ever receive. And we can't walk this life alone. It's impossible to do it alone. We got to have people in our corner supporting us every single day. Yeah. I mean, it was actually my brother-in-law. We had this conversation about a year ago. He, he had said to me, he said, probably one of the best things that you can do is, is to make sure you have a mentor and a mentee, right? So you're constantly getting advice from somebody and you're constantly giving advice to somebody, right? It's that's, again, we talked about connection of people. It's, been very important that's something i've had the opportunity to do over the last couple of years is mentor some kids specifically that i was coaching and i think i took more away from it than probably they did right it was it was a growing and a learning experience for me and then also at the same time i've had you know my uh, i would say my business coach donnie hall someone who's helped me get this process off the ground i mean we never got into the financials of this business or how these things work but him just giving me a different perspective when i was you know grinding and trying to get this thing going it was so important it's like that's somebody I definitely couldn't have started this business without. So those having both is, is very important. It's crucial, man. It's crucial to just overall life success, man, and just happiness, fulfillment and happiness is big time. Definitely, def definitely some great points. And I love the conversation, how it was flowing here. And honestly, we could probably go on for another hour or so, but I know we got to let you go enjoy that Peoria, Arizona sun. <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll stick to our snow and our freezing rain right now. Uh, before we go, Austin, uh, do you want to plug anything MLU related or just um, where people can find you and uh, start really getting into the depths of what Major League University and what you're doing for those athletes? Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. This was awesome. It was a lot of fun. You can go to MajorLeagueUniversity.com. Uh, you can check our Instagram, Major League University, Twitter, Major University. Facebook, we're on there as well. YouTube, Major League University. You can check us out on all those. Um, if you want to find me as well, Austin Byler on all platforms. You can check it out. Um, post all the time. 
So I'm always just trying to inspire them. I use technology as a, a positive outlet for the world. And uh, just hopefully somebody can find a nugget of inspiration every day that maybe changes that course of their day or, or their perspective on the day. So this has been incredible, man. You guys have been awesome. And I support everything you're doing out there. And um, now that I know where you're at, I got to make a trip because I want to all these cool places, man. So I got to come see what's happening out there in, in Newfoundland. I think I got it. Newfoundland. Yeah, you got it. That was pretty good. It took no, me an hour. I appreciate oh. it. <laughs> we, listen, we, we, we appreciate you coming on. I mean, this is this is a perspective. Um, you know, as we start to get into this stuff with our athletes, um, we want to make sure we're introducing them to all the things that they need to be successful. Hitting a baseball is one thing, but understanding how to take care of this, you know, both on and off the field is more important. So we, we definitely appreciate your time. We do. Absolutely, fellas. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it, man. Enjoy the snow out there. Stay warm. Oh, uh, don't let the group get after you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, Austin. All right, yeah, guys. See you guys. Have a good day. Bye.